My name's Jay Philippi, and I've spent my life in and around the media. TV, radio, the movies, and more. I love them, and I hate them, and I always have an opinion. Call this The View from the Flip Side. For the traditionalists in the arts world, it just might look like these are the end times. The earth is moving beneath their feet as the world continues its never-ending movement into a new and different future. There is a term for times like these. It's called a paradigm shift. That means that a fundamental change is happening in the underlying assumptions of the world. The moment when you realize the way it's always been is changing all around you. Paradigm shifts don't happen instantly. Those underlying assumptions take time to shift. So we usually notice right in the middle of the change. I'm seeing that right now when it comes to recognition of the best in various art forms. Categories are being challenged, and new forms of art are forcing their way to the fore. I think the shift began with the Emmy Awards. Once upon a time, these were dominated by the broadcast networks. The shift began when cable channels began to take over, most especially the dominance of HBO. It was a bit uncomfortable that this new kid was the top dog, but it was still basically television. This year, the leader for Emmy nominations was Netflix. It's not like we haven't seen the streaming media outlets coming, but there's a sharp intake of breath when we see them topping the list. Of course, they aren't the only places where this is happening. It's begun to happen in literature as well. The literary world can be very traditional and old school, especially when it comes to the highest awards in the field. The hoi polloi can mess around with any sort of non-serious literature, but the rarefied air of the top awards are only for the serious. Which is why Bob Dylan's win of the Nobel Prize for Literature last year was such a huge issue, and why some folks are getting all bent out of shape over Nick DeMasso's graphic novel Sabrina being on the long list for the Man Booker Prize. The Man Booker Prize for Fiction is an annual award for the best original novel written in English and published in the UK. And a graphic novel has never made the cut before. The literary traditionalists are beginning to hyperventilate. But here's the reality. Life moves on and changes. And that change causes some anguish. When Igor Stravinsky debuted his ballet Rite of Spring in Paris in 1917, a riot broke out in the theater. Today, the piece is considered mainstream. Paradigm shifts are never comfortable, merely inevitable. I have made no secret over the years of this program that I am a sports fan. This last month has been my personal sports nirvana, with both the World Cup and the Tour de France running end to end. Six or seven straight weeks of sports heaven for the outlier American sports fan. Scatter several Formula One Grand Prix races in that time span, and it is a wonder that my productivity was not lower than it was. All of this is a preamble to a sports rant for this week. There is a thing going on in sports media that has been burrowing its way under my skin for a while now. It's called the hot take. At the beginning, this was the descriptor for an opinion from an expert who was reaching beyond the easy call. Through insight of the sport, connections with the game, a deep knowledge of the gestalt of it all, they came up with something that most people didn't see coming. Knowing that a big trade was coming, that a coach was going to be fired, or that something should happen because of the hidden factors that only an expert would know. They were exciting ideas, guaranteed to get the conversation, the debate, the argument rolling. The problem is that, as with everything, once the cool kids are doing it, 
everyone wants in. And that tends to spoil everything. That's where we are today. Hot takes are no longer the result of deep thought based on in-depth knowledge. They're a game, and anyone and everyone is diving into them. What you get are endless, stupid opinions that are based on a simple concept. Do you think we can start an argument over this? So we end up with hot takes like, is a hot dog a sandwich? That was the question posed within the last 30 days on a high-profile sports program. Today, it becomes a hot take if you shout it loud enough, or if you say it with just the right amount of implied disdain for anyone who might disagree. It doesn't matter how inconsequential the idea may be. It no longer requires that you have any idea what you're talking about. Just slap the hot take label on it, and you are set. There is nothing hot about just running your mouth. It's really time for those of us who watch and listen to sports media to push back on the nonsense. I am ready, because I've had as much of that hot as I care to take. This program is a little personal, and it's a little sad, and some folks may find it just a little disturbing. Just wanted to let you know up front in case you want to step away for the next two and a half minutes. It has to do with death and the reality of virtual friendships. One of the biggest arguments that the baby boomer and millennial generations have had about the internet is whether or not you can have real friends online. Let me take a moment to once again voice my advice to my generation when it comes to the whole millennials are messing up the world argument. Stop. Just stop. It's not true as a start. Second, the exact same thing was said about our generation. And third, it just makes you sound old and stupid. So stop. Returning now to the original topic, I am struck by the reality of my virtual friendships because one of my friends is dying. I know how we first met online. It was through our mutual work on opposite sides of the continent as youth ministers. It is barely possible that we met once, but I don't think so. So our friendship is entirely virtual. I believe that she will be the third of my virtual friends to die. One I met just once, the other never because he lived in Europe. Both of those deaths touched me, but this latest one is taking it to a whole new level. Maybe it's because her death is from a terrible lingering illness. My other two friends just died suddenly. Maybe it's because she has shared so much of the journey with us on her social media. The others were just gone, the details largely unrevealed. I don't know why. I just know that my heart is saddened in a way that gives the lie to the idea that we cannot be friends with someone we have never met IRL in real life. It tells me that there is a true social connection that can be made with people at the far end of a digital wire that can be profound and deep. From afar, I have watched the parts of her life that she shares slide by. Some were happy, some were sad. And now, from that same distance, I watch her make end-of-life decisions. And my heart breaks for my friend. An online friend. A virtual friend. A friend. That is what my heart tells me. And how better to decide the question of who is your friend? Call that The View from the Flip Side. The View from the Flip Side is written and produced by Jay Philippi. You can follow this program on Twitter at Radio Flipside or visit our website at viewfromtheflipside.com. 